Welcome to another episode of the Vineyard Nordic podcast. Today is a special episode where I will swap places with and actually be interviewed myself by our very own Thomas Willer, who's with us today. He's the lead pastor of Allborg Vineyard in Denmark. Thomas is a sociologist and has both studied and teached a lot around youth culture, which is the topic of today's episode. And, and I remember just one story from Hawaii when I was there just one night when I was in the front, they were supposed to pray for me and I felt the Holy Spirit. I had to lay down on the floor. And when I was laying down there, I saw this clear vision of me running this youth uh, ministry in the summer when I was supposed to be back home. It was a kind of a ministry that I was part of when I was younger. So I saw myself leading this youth in a ministry where they lead young kids in summer activities. So I saw this clearly, you know, how things were supposed to be and and everything and after that I, I i felt like oh is this really you god and then some other person come and prophesied to really take the step to trust god and like in today's episode thomas will be interviewing me where i will share about my own journey my experience and lessons learned from leading the youth ministry in the vineyard nordic for the last seven years together with my wife lena we will also talk about youth culture and how we as churches, leaders and grown-ups in general best can work to train the next generation. So, very welcome to this episode, Thomas Willer. How are you doing? Thank you so much, Jon. I'm happy to be here and uh, I mean, I'm doing well. It's uh, sunny outside. It's uh, right now when we are recording this, um, Denmark is reopening again. And uh, today I just had my first uh, coffee at one of our local coffee shops. So, I mean, I'm in a very good mood today. <laughs> so it was almost like entering into heaven or... It was the... <laughs> almost like he heaven came down to earth this morning when I had my <laughs> flat white at, uh, <laughs> at, uh, at my local coffee shop. It was like, whoa, this is yeah. going to be good. Who would uh, th uh, think that like uh, one year ago when we took those things for granted yeah i mean it has been a i mean denmark has been in a very hard lockdown over the last four, four or five months so so this this day has been i mean very looking looked forward to yeah i can see so um so good to have you on this episode and this episode as as mentioned in the intro is a little bit special since you will actually be interviewing me today <laughs> Yeah. I'm the one usually interviewing other people, so we'll see how that's going to work out. But I think it's going to go very good. But first, I want to just get the listeners to get to know you a little bit more. And uh, how would you describe yourself with three words and why? Yes, I think uh, the first word is probably a visionary, a dreamer. I think when I look back at my life, I have, I mean, have a lot of visions and a lot of uh, great ideas. And then... Um, and actually, also some of them have come to. I had to come to live them out. <laughs> uh, but I think that my mind is always, uh, you know, thinking about new ideas, new projects, new initiatives. Um, so, so that's that's one of the things that is, uh, I mean, describing me. And I think think my friends would say that that about me. And of course, one of the problems or challenges with that is also that I can easily get distracted <laughs> because I can easily come a new idea on the, or a new vision or a new new dream. Um, so, um, so one of the things that I'm trying to learn or I'm, I'm practicing is actually discipline to actually stay in the same, uh, same track uh, so I don't get distracted that much. Um, so 
yeah so yeah anyway so, so that's that's one part of me then the next word i would probably say is uh, i'm i'm very much extroverted and um, i get energy by talking to people so that's why it has been i mean very difficult to be in a lockdown where you get a lot of introvert time and uh, i have just had some experiences where i had some weeks where i met very few people and my I'm, i mean i really had i mean i was angry and i was you know worried and uh, sad and everything um, and then I remember I had three days where I was thinking, am I, I mean, am I going into a depression or what? Uh, but then I was uh, meeting with my small group, uh, a group of guys, and we had, we had a big campfire. Uh, and we're just hanging out and talking about God, uh, drinking a beer and just, you know. Uh, and when I drove home from that, I was just feeling so happy. And I just felt, wow, okay, maybe I just need to see some people. Maybe this is not as God says, it's not good for man to be alone. <laughs> and and uh, so I've tried to build that into my rhythms in like lockdown that I actually do see some people. Um, and then the last thing I would say, it could be very many different words, but um, I do run a lot during this lockdown uh, and I'm planning on doing my uh, a marathon in the uh, in August. That sounds good. In Denmark or in, in Denmark, in Olbo, we have an we have a marathon here in Olbo where where I live. Uh, but then at the same time, um, also my I mean my love language is cake, yeah. and <laughs> so if you really want to make me happy, then they just buy me some cake. Um, so so that's why that's why I need to run so much because uh, I do like <laughs> <laughs> you do like to eat cakes. I do like to eat cakes. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And uh, I actually leave it over to you now uh, in this little bit special way of doing the interview. <laughs> yes, yes. So uh, thank you, and uh, thank you, Jon, for coming to the podcast today. It's uh, it's nice <laughs> to have you here. Yeah. Um, I mean, but why don't we just start with the. Um, I mean, just that you tell a little bit about yourself. Where is it that you're located now? Um, I know that you have moved, and uh, and what are you currently doing where you are at the moment? I I mean I do follow you on Instagram, so I do see a lot of barbecuing and a lot of surfing. But uh, but yeah, uh, other than that, you only post what you want to show, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So um, for now, uh, I just moved to a city called Varberg on the west coast of Sweden uh, last fall with my wife and our little dog Elias, who's five this in May. Um, and yeah, it's a really new season for us. We've been living in Stockholm and being part of Stockholm Vineyard for the last eight years or so. Um, and I'm running my own company as a consultancy. Uh, I'm doing a lot of business development, leadership training uh, in, in businesses and also some uh, organizations on, on a little bit, uh, what do you say, um, voluntary basis. So that's what I'm doing. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I'm like to, you know, my, my passion in life is to help other people succeed and, you know, become the best version of themselves. Uh, if it's, uh, you know, around the youth or if it's around companies or organizations or whatever it is, my friends, uh, I really like to, you know, to do that and to help people to, to succeed. Um, but yeah, so that's what I'm doing for, for work wise. And, and also the last uh, seven years, I've been part of leading the 
Vinya Nordic Youth Movement uh, with my wife and some other leaders. And that's been incredible. Uh, I think we're going to talk about that more later. But yeah, that's that's a really good um, experience and, and, and work that we are part of. I mean, we will try to dive more into your own story uh, now. And um, I mean, if, what are like um, three situations or happenings from your life that you would say that has really shaped me? I mean, some stories that kind of said this is, they're basically defining who you are. Um, what are some, yeah, could you share some of those happenings or situations that have shaped you? Yeah, when I was thinking about this, since we, we, we usually have these questions in the pod, I, I, I was thinking a lot about my life, um, my 31 years of life. Um, and uh, there are always some stories that I'm coming back to. Uh, I think I will come back to them even in 20 years ahead of time. I, I might have some more stories to share, but I think I will always come back to those. And um, to to put some of them, I mean, the first two stories may be a little bit shorter and then the last one or actually two, I think, uh, stories, um, a little bit maybe deep down. But the first story is more about my upbringing. Like I, I was a person, I mean, I grew up in church. I grew up with Christian family and uh, really, you know, loving parents, loving um, family in, in all kinds of ways. Uh, but also I was growing up is in, in not, you know, hmm, what should you say, not uh, strict in a way that it was judgmental uh, church, but it was more like, you know, the this is the right and this is the wrong way of living. Uh, mm. Not that you got excluded or anything if you did things, but, you know, it was those things you're not doing as Christ, a Christian person or, you know. Yeah, so you could say it was, uh, I mean, normally we would say it's like a bounded set. So there was yeah. some real limits around what is acceptable Christian behavior yeah. and what's not. Yeah, a little bit like that. And I grew up like with that. And I grew up with, I mean, I didn't really question it. It was like, okay, that's how it is. And then I had my, you know, uh, times of, you know, uh, challenging those rules or those, uh, right. Yeah. Those things uh, in my teenage years. And, and I think a lot when it comes to that, I think I, I always had a feeling not uh, belonging or not being enough, like feeling that I was good enough. Like I tried, you know, with sports, music and everything that you're supposed to do as a young person. And I didn't really, you know, I was good. I was decent. I was not the worst, but I wasn't the best. And it really, you know, stressed me and it, it made me feel not so good, I think. And, and it, and it kind of made me do other bad things, um, that in, 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 you know, in seeking to have something to succeed in, you, you try all different stuff. And, and I think that really changed, um, affected my life in a way I didn't um, understand at that time, but I see now, uh, later on, I see that those scars and those maybe hurts that I, I put myself through, uh, has been harder and taking longer time to deal with than I, than I thought at that time, you know, relationships and you have, you try different things. Um, uh, I, I think that's really hurt me more than I, I thought at that time. So I think the, to summarize my upbringing, that that really, you know, I, I was trying to fit in, but I, I never really felt that I did. But I also remember all these, you know, really good stories of camps and conferences and everything that I went to and God did amazing things. But it was like I had this two, two-sided life. It was one life in church, one life at camps when God was close, I felt. Um, 
and then one life back home in in school and everything i had a really good christian friend friends and we i think uh because of them i was still in church i would say uh but all of us you know tried other things as well as you do but mm. i think that's really what kept me left in the church the whole time uh but then also i think in 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 high school i finally succeeded in in work so in work i i got the comfort i finally you know succeeded i became a manager and i felt like okay this is the calling and it happened to be on a mcdonald's so i felt like yeah mcdonald's has to be the calling of my life or i i should you know succeed here become a manager and everything and they really you know trusted me with a lot of a lot of yeah good good you know roles and stuff like that and and but um so i think that was the first thing and and i but i always through until since i was like 10 or something i i had decided to go to hawaii for ywam with the bible school there so mm. that was kind of there all the time so after high school when i was offered this to go full time with the work and succeed i mean uh, what do you say um uh, climb in the yeah. the the letter of in the work even more um i i had decided that i should take this half year off to to do this trip and they were like yeah that's fine just that you come back afterwards and i'm like yeah yeah, yeah i will i will do this for life but i'm just going to do this trip and at that moment i was not you know maybe deep down in 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 you know a bad way of living but it was uh, it was enough with things that i needed to get a break from Mm. Uh, and I think really God, sh- uh, uh, he saw that and it was on the right timing when I, I, I went on this trip. And so, and that's the, I think the next, uh, thing that really shaped my life. Um, and that was the whole half year with YWAM in, in Hawaii, in Kona. Uh, so I had a three month, uh, school in, in Hawaii and then two months in Brazil as uh, outreach. And, um, to summarize that trip, I, I really feel that before this trip uh, in my christian life it was more of a religion it was more like yeah it was someone else's faith i think i, I think i grew up on you know all the preacher preachers and you know all their leaders faith and like that become my faith in a way i didn't understand you know this whole that i i mean that i experienced you know vineyard are, are really in the dna of like you know experience the holy spirit hearing god's voice speak to you um seeing these miracles and stuff i i never really saw those things i mean we were praying for people but not in in that way uh with not not with that expectance and with that you know a natural way of just you know yeah i can pray for you or yeah i believe that god can come and heal you right now uh that was so new for me and when i came there i really you know i saw god you know he he brought people there with no money and they end up making the whole trip someone of course paid for them but they trusted god to to you know um to to help them through and i i saw myself like started to hear god's voice i started to see visions of my life uh, I started to see myself uh, doing something totally different after this, the Bible school. And I, I, I started to step by step to really say to God, I think I'm a on and off, on or off person. Like if I go for something, I go for that. So I really went for like, okay, if this is you, God, if you are everything, if you can actually, you know, um, if you can provide with everything we need, then I want to go where you want to go uh, with me or where you want to take me. So I, at that time, I, I I told my parents that yeah, I wanna I want to resign. What do you say? I want to quit my job. Yeah. And they said like, oh, shouldn't you wait until you're home? You know, you can 
you don't need to choose right now. And I'm like, yeah, but I, I need to tell them I'm not going to do this when I come back home. I will, I will work with youth in, in our church in a way. I didn't know how, but I was just seeing that that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And I, I got really this, this conviction that God was everything mm. and that he can do everything. And I mean, uh, I saw people, of course, you know, missionaries living in, in YWAM community for 20, 30, 40 years, and they have never, you know, they have never <laughs> lacked anything. Uh, and, and I saw that, oh, wow, this life is so good. I mean, live fully for God, even if it ends up me working on a, you know, normal job, doing that for God or being a missionary, I want to go full on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that those two are like the starting, um, the start two things that really, you know, from from having this non-really personal faith until really stepping into everything that God has for me and telling him that this is the only thing for me and uh, take everything I have. Uh, I want to surrender it to you in a way. Mm. And, and I remember just one story from that, from that, uh, from Hawaii when I was there just one night when I was uh, in the front, they were supposed to pray for me and I felt the Holy spirit. I had to lay down on the floor and, and when I was laying down there, I saw this clear vision of like me running this youth uh, ministry in the summer when I uh, was supposed to be back home. Uh, it was a kind of a ministry that I was part of when I was younger, but that uh, been kind of canceled for a couple of years. So I saw myself leading this youth um, uh, in, in a ministry where they lead young kids in summer activities. Uh, and, uh, so, so I f- saw this clearly, you know, how things were supposed to be and everything. And, and after that, I, I, I felt like, oh, is this really you God? And then some other person come and he came and, you know, prophesied to really take the step to, to, to trust God. And like, so there were different moments that really, you know, show that this is the way to go. And then I called back home and said, I think this is what I'm going to do. Can I do it? And, uh, uh yeah on uh, and on that way uh i i did that afterward and then i started to work in church and that's another story how that came up but uh, and um i think since that uh, through my life i've really been eager and in in really following what god has for me and not mm. wanting to take my own step mm. Well, if we should move a little bit yeah. along and also talk, talk a little bit about <laughs> the vineyard nordic youth which you're leading yeah, I mean, uh, could you just share just very briefly, how did you kind of get to lead that? I mean, what was your kind of, what yeah. was the story behind that? Uh, as I mentioned, after I've been home in my home city for a year, um, I went back to YWAM and I was doing a, a year of staffing at DTS. And it's also, before that, I met my wife and we went on this trip actually together. And uh, we, we, we met uh, through her being interested in going with YWAM. So she asked me about it. She knew my friend. So we start to bo- talk about that, and then actually we, yeah, we get uh, we start to date, and then we went on this trip together. Um, and uh, I think during that trip, if if the first trip was really kind of inner healing, inner way of you know finding God, I think this trip with Yven was really about him preparing me and sending me out to or sending me back. And I remember one time at this uh, staff training last month. I mean, I get this boost. Boost. What do you say? Boost. Um, when I say it every time but I I was this uh, woman that I never met before and she was prophesying over me and she said like 
you've been sending so many missionaries and you know people to to the to Asia countries uh, over the years. And uh, what we see now is the 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 Western world is really you know losing losing faith and it's it's becoming more secular. And I mean, we need people being sent back there. And and I see you as someone being sent back to Scandinavian for the youth. And I, at that point moment, I was I was like, yeah, wow, that's really. I'm in for that. Like, uh, and that was the first, you know, kind of someone speaking that clearly over me. And after that, that was the only thing I was praying for, uh, you know, dreaming for during that half year. And when I came back home, I started to, you know, apply for all these kind of works with youth ministry in different churches. And I I didn't really get any of those. And, but I moved to Stockholm. So, so I did that and I, I heard about Vineyard uh, actually through YWAM. Like I saw that YWAM Stockholm was connected to Vineyard. And then I had a, you know, I was really serious speaking about uh, on and off. So during the, the details in Singapore, I spoke to Ted Jeans, who's one of our leaders over, uh, over uh, Skype. And, uh, and I said like, yeah, I'm going to move to Stockholm. I think maybe Vineyard is the church I want to go to. And we talked about that. And then when we came to Stockholm, I, I moved first and then Lena moved and uh, we started to to go to Vineyard. First, we we did go to some other churches as well, just to, you know, see where, where are we going to be rooted. Church shopping as you do. Yeah, some church shopping or dating. <laughs> uh, but then we end up in, in Vineyard. And I mean, ever since that, it's it's been a, a place where I, I really can, you know, that's been so clear with the Holy Spirit. Uh, Andreas Hedén, who's one, who was one of the pastors uh, at that time, he's really been uh, an inspiring person for me over all these years. Like, really, you know, he's very soft, uh, natural, but so you know, um, specific with the what you say with the Holy Spirit, and really, you know, uh, living out, living that out in everyday life, and that's been inspiring me. And um, Quite early in in that uh, in that journey in, in Vineyard, we started to hang out uh, at a family called Schustet in in Stockholm Vineyard, and and they had a youth group. So me and Lena started to be leaders there. Uh, we saw some people coming to our groups for I think we we were running it for two years or so. Uh, we we went a lot to sometimes to Causeway Coast Vineyard. That's been with Alan Scott, who was the pastor there, and we got inspired of how they were doing ministry, like really being an outward focused church, like really, you know, going after the lost, going after uh, people um, and really trusting God to build the church while they were going out and serve the city and the needs there. And how they, how we saw like 12 years old youth uh, praying for people in their school and they, they saw healing happen and they saw whole classrooms changed. And I was like, wow, is this even possible? Um, and then I think during that time, something inside of me and, and also Lena, uh, grew that this is what we want to do. We want to work with youth. Uh, I think at that time was, um, really clear for, for me, especially that this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, we started to help out on summer camp with youth and, and then, uh, with the camp. And then after a year or so, uh, Fleming, and Mel Hede, who's the leader of Inner Nordic, he asked us if we want to become the leaders of this new task force uh, around the youth. So, and when he asked us, it was like um, 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 I was reminded of this uh, prophecy that I got uh, kind of three years earlier in Singapore. And I felt like, oh, this is really coming to true. <laughs> what do you say? Coming. Yeah. yeah. So I think that was how it all started. 
mm. uh, with the youth. So what are the key learnings of leading Vineyard Nordics youth so far? I mean, what are, what are you seeing God doing and what are you learning? Uh, what I've learned is more about these things that we were talking about in the beginning, that uh, the youth really needs a personal faith. Mm. They need to find God on their, uh, as their own uh, savior. Uh, and I think what I have learned uh, by walking next to amazing Vineyard Nordic leaders, uh, hearing stories from other Vineyard leaders globally, um, and also leaders outside Vineyard, uh, is really that, you know, taking this uh, everyday life um, with God um, into practice, like really practice how to listen to God's voice in the everyday life. And and when when practicing that on camp, like teaching, helping the youth to find God as their own savior, like we've we seen uh, healings happening. We, we see young people pray for people. You know, we go on an outreach into Jönköping, a city close to the camp every year. And we see young people pray for people and they are getting healed. Um, and we can witness, yeah, amazing stories, you know. But I mean, really to see that faith, you know, when that faith is growing inside of them, that's so... That's so good. I mean, I can live for that. And and it's so good to see God doing these things. And I think the learning is really that if we are able, if we should be able to to really focus on the next generation, if, if that's really our uh, core, you know, focus, uh, we really need to invest in young people. We need to go with them side by side. We need to invest time. We need to be mentors uh, over them. We need to speak life into them. We need to to follow up how they are doing for real. And we need to make sure that the young people in our churches, even that, that they are, that they might not, not be many. And we need to make sure that they have a mentor, that they have someone that really helps them along. That's really the core lesson I've seen. And then I learned so much about myself, about leading young people. I mean, one core kind of value that, that we have in the leadership is that to really release leadership into the young people. Like, we we from they are 16 uh, we invite them to the leadership uh, conferences just because we we want them to grow into leadership mm. okay maybe they don't do everything when they are 15 16 but they can do some parts and then they can look up to the other people and they can train them and and yeah and the other way around and if we have this uh, if we are not too afraid of inviting people into leadership in a young age then i mean if if we do that i mean if we invite them then we can see uh much more i think it's bigger potential for them to stay in church and i think it's also a bigger potential for them to really keep on uh, searching for god if we don't invite them if we don't challenge them it's easy when there's 1920 to you know leave church for something else as we talked about before yeah and that's maybe also a good chance to local church leaders and local leaders in the church that to actually see how can I invite the young people into taking ownership of our church and not wait until they are 20, 25. No. But I mean, Jesus started with most of the disciples when they were 13 years old to call yeah. them as disciples. So, so, so don't hesitate to, to call them in and, uh, and, um, and see how, what they can do potential wise. Yeah. Just maybe one last question. What are you seeing out in the future for the Vineyard Nordic Youth? What are some of the things that you're dreaming about? Yeah, I think when it comes to the Vineyard Nordic Youth, I'm really dreaming of 
I think when I look to Vina Nordic, and uh, we have had discussions about this, uh, but I mean, what I really dream of if this, is to see the local perspective of the young generation growing. You know, we have camps and everything, and it's fine. I mean, we do social media now. We have really good content team and everything, but, but you know, we that's just something... I mean, that's good to have, but it has to start from the local perspective. I want to see a flourishing, you know, flourishing churches that are growing with young people. Uh, and um, if we can see that happen, we we will see our nations and our cities and our, you know, uh, postal co- codes areas uh, really being changed by God. But it has to start in the local cons- uh, perspective. And so that's what I'm dreaming of, seeing more young people kind of getting into function uh, where they live and uh, in the way i mean how we can reach that i think it is really by us all take uh, us all leaders that are maybe a little bit older to see who do we have even if it's one person in our church or if it's 10 we we need to see them and we need to see okay how can we help them how can we give them a mentor if they don't have it how can we walk along them uh, along side by side with them how can we uh, give them tasks in the church where they can uh, grow. How can we just, you know, invite them for dinners? How can we just give our time to them? I mean, it could be one hour a month in a mentor talk, and that could make the whole difference. Uh, it could be serving the coffee in the church, it could be or welcoming in the church. Just give them a task where they feel that they are important and where they can serve God. I think that's important to do. Mm. It's so good to hear your dreams and your thoughts about the future. Uh, and I mean, it's so important for us as a vineyard movement to actually focus on the, on the next generation. I mean, and sometimes we say, you know, the next generation is the future of the church. But I mean, the next generation is the church. Yeah. And, uh, and we need to have that, that focus that, that the young people are not just something about the future, but it's here right now. And, uh, and they are very competent in in everything basically um, so it's just so good to to hear your heart and, and feel your passion for for seeing young people meeting christ basically so so thank you very much yeah and yeah and, and it's like you say it's we're just one generation away from having the church to die out <laughs> yeah in a way i heard someone say that and that's true like we have to to make sure to have the next generation with us and um, but if we're going to also talk a little bit more about youth culture i, I also want to have your opinion and your thoughts around youth culture since you are working with this you have studied you have master um, thesis in this and you have you know you're uh, employed by youth organizations in denmark uh, share your thoughts about around youth culture what's what's the what's cooking right now <laughs> what's yeah, yeah. on the what's on the surface right now what what do you say yeah i mean the first thought that comes to mind is that i mean we've just been through and is still in some way in this uh, whole uh, covid-19 uh, pandemic thing and just all uh, surveys of young people show that they are just like not thriving at all i mean they're really having a hard time in being uh, social isolated and um, and this thing about um, I mean basically when you are a young person in your early twenties or in your teens, it's all about you know um, identity and development uh, development of your identity and and as you said you are always trying to fit in and uh, and this is I'm I'm just 
this is not what I really think is good for young people, but this is the truth about young people, <laughs> that we're living in a culture where you basically get your identity and self-worth from looking at other, other people's reflections of you or approval of you. And if you then uh, have had a year and a half of isolation, where there has not been any social interaction and you're not really been able to get, you know, the feedback that you need to understand who you are, I mean, then who are you? Because, I mean, you get your, a lot of your, you could say, self-understanding and self-awareness of other people's, you know, reactions to you. So I think that's one of the reasons why uh, so many young people are actually experiencing a lot of, you know, a lot of hard times. And, um, and of course, as Christians, we believe that we are more than what other people think about us. <laughs> but, but, we, but we have created a, what at least in Denmark we call a performance culture, or you could also ca call it an Insta culture, where you're always being evaluated. You're always kind of trying to live up to a certain standard. And, um, and, and that uh, standard, if you are like living up to that or not, is telling you something about who you are. And uh, it, of course, creates a very, you could say, uh, image-based um, generation that is all about, I mean, how can I perform well? Uh, but at the same time, and it's very driven because you, I mean, you want to perform and you want to do and you want to do your best so you can be a success. But then at the same time, it, it also creates a very fragile generation or vulnerable generation because there will always be someone that is performing better than you. There will always be someone that is uh, do, doing Instagram better or doing schoolwork better or just having more friends than you. So, so most young people are living this tension that they want to be a success, they want to be the best, they want to have other people's approval. And then at the same time, they also, also always have this sense that I'm not good enough. <laughs> I don't have what it takes. And, um, and that is the tension that they are kind of living in. And um, I think it was Henry Nouwen who said, uh, I mean, and this is maybe 30, 40 years ago, he says, we've created a society where you are what you do, you are what you have, and you are what other people are saying you are. <laughs> And, um, and, and that is, of course, in a Christian narrative, that is not true, because in a Christian narrative, you are God's beloved son or daughter. And, uh, but that is so difficult to understand and experience in a culture where there's such a big pressure for performing and doing. And what do you think will be the outcome when, we, when uh, you know, society are opening up more? Uh, how can we as church leaders and and just uh, friends of, of young people, or if there is a young person listening to this, what can we do to, if we start with the, the little bit older people, what can we do to to meet the, the young people and uh, and really help them through through this, you know, challenging time of living where you have wanting to succeed, but you also feel really bad and worthless by trying to succeed and not succeeding in a way? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's so important that we kind of, you know, uh, create open environments and communities where people, where young people can come in and feel 
home. Um, because that's also one of the problems during the pandemic that it has been difficult for them to find a home where they can feel safe and secure. And um, and it and if you are if you have a home, <laughs> if you are an older not older, but I mean if you if you have a home, if you have a family, then just open it up. I think to actually invite them into a fellowship, that is one of the most important things because the, right now our society also in general are, cre are craving community. Um, so that's one thing um, I believe. But then also you say, it's also a time where we have a big chance of actually introducing, you know, God's kingdom, God's presence, um, because people have just experienced a year and a half where they have not been in control and there's someone else was controlling them. Um, and uh, and I, I really believe that an experience of God's presence will actually be, a, I mean, a good, kind, kind, you could say, a counter experience to how the state has kind of basically regulated everything that, that now I'm meeting, you know, something that is bigger than what I see and that there's a bigger meaning, there's a bigger hope. And uh, because people have has found out that I cannot be in control. I mean, this pandemic has shows, shown me I'm not in control. Even I have been taught that I should be in control. So right now there's a, a loss of control. And, um, and I believe that to experience God's goodness and God's presence will actually be something that helps people thinking, okay, maybe there's something here that I need to lean into uh, because I'm not in control. I can see that I'm not in control, but what if God was in control? How would that be like? Okay, that's really good. And is there anything else around youth culture you want to add or out of what you have seen or, or see? I mean, I think that, I mean, the, the youth uh, that we have today basically are so competent and are so creative and are so innovative and they are so driven basically. And we have also look at the, you know, the, the, the shadow sides of that. But basically, I mean, there's so much good within youth culture today. And if we can kind of help them understand who they are, I really think that the youth has all the potential to kind of change the world Mm. to, you know, really release also the church into its purpose. Mm. So I'm really, I mean, when, I, I'm, when I'm thinking about young people today, I'm really hopeful mm. <laughs> because I see there is so much potential and there's so much good, so much good stuff in them that, that I mean, if we as an older generation can release them and uh, support them and challenge them in the right, you know, tension, mm. then... Uh, then I just think that this next generation has all the potential to actually go for all that God has for the vineyard movement yeah. in, in Scandinavia. Um, so, so one last question to you, Jon, is, I mean, if you were to design or write something on a billboard, what would you write um, out of this uh, conversation we've had today, maybe? I mean, what, are, what, what would you write on a billboard to the world? I think what I would write is, Who around you can you invest your time in? Who are one or two persons in, in your area where you live or, or where you function that you can invest time in? Yeah. Um, And uh, for you, Thomas, what would you... 
Yeah, for me, I, I, I have a huge billboard. Um, but I think I will say the Henry Nouwen quote that you are not what you do, you are not what you have, and you are not what other people say that you are. But you are God's beloved child. Go and live out of that truth. <laughs> Amen. That's good. That's really nice. And if you want people to, you know, take something specific that we've been speaking about today with them after this episode, uh, what do you hope and wish people would be challenged by today? I hope that people will be challenged or touched by, by basically your heart of, you know, reaching out to the next generation and then um, to actually remember that the next generation are not the future. They are now. Mm. And um, and also that they are living in this tension between, you know, performance and wanting to be a success, and then at the same time having this sense of not being good enough, and um, and that that we maybe ask ourselves, how can I love a young person so they can do what they're called to do, but not so they have to show and prove themselves but that it's actually out of being loved and knowing that they're good enough in God. I mean, that's a big one, but... Uh, that's good. I mean, that's that good. Is, yeah. That is, if I should capture it, that is what I, I hope for. That's good. Okay. Thank you, Thomas, for this talk. Uh, and uh, thanks to everyone who has listened. And uh, we are soon getting back with a new episode. And until that, listen to this. Please share it uh, to other people and uh, we wish you a very good time ahead. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you want to follow the Wiener Nordic movement and everything that is happening, you can go to Facebook and Instagram and follow us under Vineyard Nordic. You can also help us by subscribing to this podcast on the different podcast platforms. When doing that, you will also get an update every time we have a new episode out. So again, thank you and see you again next time. Bye bye.